everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. Hi, I'm Charles. Hey, guess what we're talking today? What? We're talking Fargo. Oh, don't you know? From 1996. <laughs> we also talked Drop Dead Gorgeous, so we, we have had a little bit of practice yeah. <laughs> with Minnesota, North Dakota. But actually, shocker is that none of this was actually filmed in Fargo. <laughs> Oh, you betcha, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Frances McDormand. I, I love her even more now because I had no idea she was married to Joel Cohen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. So this is my first time watching. I am like a Fargo virgin, which is pretty rare because it's been out for like 30-ish years. Yeah, 1996. So Yeah, I'm late. I'm, I'm God, late. Does this movie turn 40 in a few years? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Ugh, it doesn't. 1996 was like 10 years ago. I know, I know. That's <laughs> that's that's the that's what I keep telling myself. That's the consensus. <laughs> like there was a really funny TikTok of this guy in a robe staring out of a hotel window, and it was like when someone tells me 20 years ago, and you think the 80s, and they're like, no, 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 it's 2002, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like them just staring off into the blank the blank sky because they're like so upset that 20 years ago is like <laughs> when we graduated high school I, I was watching something on tiktok and there was this um teacher who like posted a tweet and i think like one of her students had was writing a paper on like the um on like the oklahoma city bombing or mm -hmm. something and the first sentence starts out it was a significant event that happened in the late 1900s. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Not like, the well, late yes, 1900s. Technically, but, I mean... Yeah, no. Actually, no, because, like, that should be... I would automatically give a mark for that. Because <laughs> in if you're in school and you're trying to learn this, the 1900s would apply to the first decade of 1900. It would yeah. only apply from 1900 to 1909. Because after that, it would be like the 1910s. And then you we say the 20s. We say the 90s. We don't... Like, even if we say the 2000s, I'm talking about from 2000 to 2009. I'm not talking about the 2010s. Yeah. Like that's a separate decade. So yeah. you are wrong. Actually, <laughs> that's you're saying it's a century. You can say... What you should say is that it happened in the late 20th century. That is yes. the correct way to, I guess, really hone in that it's the end of that century mm -hmm. she sounds like it's the end of the decade yeah it sounds like it means it's 1909 <laughs> yeah. wrong wrong <laughs> like let's school you guys because we're not that fucking old and even if we are we lived through a better decade so sorry about it yeah. <laughs> sorry not sorry but yeah this is my first time watching it cohen brothers this is classic premiered march 8th of 1996 and this is like written, I mean, the Coen brothers are classic for like writing, directing and producing everything. Mm -hmm. um, most of their stories, I don't know about everything, but most. I, I Yeah, I, th I think like most of them. Um, I, th I think this is the first of their movies I really like paid attention to. Um, oh, yeah. What's your history with, okay, what's your history with Fargo? And then what's your history with like Coen brothers films? So I remember um, my mom and I were listening to like, and um, we, we always used to listen to NPR when she'd drive me to school and they had like a like featurette on like the, on, on like the um, dialogue coaches. Oh. Um, and um, everyone just, everyone just started talking about this, this like movie and they're like, oh yeah, you know, we, we like have to teach everyone to, to, to kind of talk funny. 
you know, and, um, <laughs> um, and then around the same time, um, I was also really into like the Oprah Winfrey show and, um, like, like in what way, just in general, like, I mean, um, I, I mean, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I just, you know, um, I just thought that it, that it would make me cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, um, and um, it uh, did not. <laughs> so, well, you know, Oprah has its positives and negatives. Um, but uh, she did a like in a show like on it was it was like a late year show where she talked about oh my god there are all these like I think it was the one of the first years that like a, a bunch of like indie stuff was coming out around the same time, and like um and like it was starting to really kind of dominate the the the, the box office because this is like the year that like you know like uh you know the people versus larry flint came out oh, and, like yeah. you know, the english patients and oh, you know, sling blade and oh, um yeah, and the entire show went so something like this oprah would stand up in front of her audience and say how many of you have seen the movie sling blade and like maybe five <laughs> people would raise their hands and oprah would be like why haven't you seen this movie? And then um, she would move on to the next movie. And she'd be like, "How many of you have seen Fargo?" And maybe like, really? you know, and and like, no one would raise their hand. Then it would be like, and the Oprah would be like, "Why haven't you seen this movie?" <laughs> it, it, I feel like it literally went on like that for an hour. <laughs> so, oh my god, that's so, so funny. So having been um and so having been um like uh sort of tantalized by NPR and shamed by Oprah, I think I finally watched this like at some point after it came out, like maybe a couple years or so. And I was like, Oh I Yeah, was... why haven't I seen Fargo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In your head. She's screaming at me, Why haven't you seen this? I was like, Yeah, why haven't I? <laughs> I was like, I mean, that's a good point, Oprah. <laughs> so that's so funny. Um, she, I remember Oprah also talked me into buying this book called The Gift of Fear. Um, <laughs> Is it about the movie Fear? No, I think it it's... should be about the gift of that movie because <laughs> that movie, I just am so glad that movie was made. <laughs> it was more along the lines of you have your instincts and they exist for a reason. So instead of ignoring them and, you know, worrying about being rude, you should trust them. And if, you know, and if, you know, if you're like, waiting for an elevator and a sketchy person comes up and stands next to you and an elevator comes, you know, and you don't want to get on, then don't. So it was all like that. <laughs> okay. And for some reason I gave that to my brother for his birthday. So like, Was he just like, uh, thanks? He, he was like, oh, thanks. This is what I've always wanted. So. <laughs> He's like, what are you trying to tell me? Like, that you have horrible judgment. Maybe you should take a look at your judgment. Yeah. <laughs> So what about Coen Brothers films? Like, are you kind of a, a fan? Like, have you seen, I know they have a big fan base. Like, so yes, have you seen a I, lot of the films? I, 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 I enjoy them. My older siblings were always um, really liked Raising Arizona. Um, that's one that's on my list to see because, yeah, I want to see good. it. Um, and then, um, I, um, and then, um, and then, you know, I've always really liked, you know, like, um, I always really liked No Country for Old Men. When it yeah, came out. I've seen that one. Um, and, um, but I think they also did, like, Burn After Reading, which also has Francis McDormand in it. Yeah. Um, and has, like, Brad Pitt. And I think they play, like, people who work at a gym who somehow gain, like, um, like, gain possession of, like, CIA, like, documents. 
What? And they tried to like, and they like try to blackmail this like agent into like giving them money. Oh and, wow! But, yeah, I want to see it. But like, they aren't like documents of any significance. It's like you know, like papers, you know, about like, you know, like um, you know, about like you know the like um tide, you know. Patterns on like the Gulf Coast of like Mississippi, you know. Oh it's yeah, like, it's nothing like really crazy. No, no. <laughs> That's okay. So no country for old men I've seen, and is would you say that that is different than a lot of their other films? Because that one's like not satire at all. Like that one no. is like just a thriller, like a well, I, crime thriller. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's um I I think that most of the previous films before this were like an original script, but I think that was based oh. on a novel. Oh um, okay. So, um, but, um, you know, like there's, there, you know, all the other stories were sort of like crime related more or, or less another, um, big one, which I've not seen, but I've heard supposed to be really good. It's called Notice Crossing. Yeah. Is, I've heard of that. Which, yeah. I have not seen it either. Which, which is about like a bunch of gangsters in the thirties, I think. Um, Ooh, I want to see it. it. Marsha Gay Harden. <gasps> yeah. Love her. Um, I, I think it's also famous for the scene where, like, Gabriel Byrne basically takes John Turturro out into the woods, and um, you know he's basically begging for his life, and he gives like this like legendary speech, like you know, like you can't oh. kill me, man. It's a, it's wrong. It's a wrong situation. Oh so. no! I actually the poster on Wikipedia is the man is a man on his knees like begging to another man in a forest. Oh okay. okay. I'm assuming that's probably that moment. Yeah. 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 Was that nominated for any Oscars? Miller's Crossing? I don't believe it was. I think it also has Albert Finney in it, too, who I th- think is an actor who they worked with a, a lot as oh. well. I like um, that they have a group of actors, like, very similar to, I mean, a lot of, like, kind of more indie. Well, they're not really indie, though, because all of their movies were distributed by, like, pretty big studios, like Gramercy, 20th Century Fox, Warner Brothers, universal miramax focus paramount so they're not like only indie filmmakers okay but i mean i guess it kind of feels like because it's so niche like they're the way they write and their comedy and their films are so niche another movie that i am shamed to say that i have not seen but i will because i really enjoyed fargo much like fargo everyone's seen that i haven't is the big lebowski Mm. which is like a cult film um, for so many people of the 90s and I know about it I think I've seen bits of it but I've never actually like watched the whole story which yeah. people are probably like screaming right now so many people have seen that movie um, um it's I've seen it it's it's not like a favorite of, of mine um I mean like I, I thought it was good but I didn't really want to see it again so, oh okay and isn't yeah. Steve isn't Steve Buscemi in Big Lebowski too yes yeah yes. I was gonna say he's in a lot of their films right or yes. several yeah several he's in a few um yeah I love Steve Buscemi <laughs> um yeah um it um it has a pretty badass performance by John Goodman too um oh yeah because it's bowling yeah yeah and there's the movie Kingpin which also came out around the same time because they were both bowling related I think I thought that um they were like in the same universe or maybe they were the same but kingpin is the one that's by the farrelly brothers i knew it was it's like brothers like i knew it was like brother kind of movie but the kingpin one is with like woody harrelson and bill Bill murray um so that one's a different movie but they i they always got them mixed up because they came out within like a few years of each other and i was like bowling 
huh? Like, this is weird. I want to see both of those, so I haven't seen Kingpin either. It's like supposed to be like a funny '90s comedy. Oh, but cool! Yeah. All right, so have yeah. you seen any other movies besides, like, have you seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yes, I've seen, I've seen that. Um, that's a Clooney. Is Clooney in that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, um, yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's good. It's I think it's like supposed to be a retelling of like a, um, of like the Odyssey. Um, oh, okay. Homer. Homer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, it takes place in like nineteen twenties. You know, like uh, you know, South. So cool. Um, uh, and True Grit is another one that was like nominated for a ton of Oscars when it came out. I think it's a western. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. I think that was. Um. I remember that that movie really got me. To, I, I, I'm not a big Jeff Bridges fan. So yeah. Me I'm, either. He's okay. I'm, He's like fine. It's just I don't know. I, I just don't really see his appeal, honestly. Um, and I, I just don't really enjoy his m- movies. You know, like whenever he's on screen, I'm sort of patiently waiting for someone else to come on screen who's a lot more <laughs> interesting to look at. So, like, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, but um, I, I um I um I think this was like the film, maybe not the debut, but one of the first movies that Haley steinfeld did and I, I like love her oh yeah i like her yeah i think i've only seen her in like the edge of 17 or I is mean, it the edge of 17 is that what it's called i think it's just edge of 17 yeah okay yeah um, that's the only thing i think i've seen her in i don't think i've seen her in anything else um i'm trying to think she was also in like um she was also in like the um the uh marvel season of hawkeye which oh which, yeah i didn't watch which, hawkeye which i enjoyed um but yeah i don't know it, it was good so yeah i like her she's really cool yeah yeah what else is she? she's been nominated for an oscar yeah she was nominated for true grit oh wow yeah oh that's cool <laughs> i see that they didn't um win no well, like they it, were n- nominated for a ton but they didn't win um i think she lost to melissa leo for the fighter oh okay. which i was like really i haven't right. seen the fighter i don't know it's, is it good it was fine <laughs> you know like um I don't but it know. wasn't like that it wasn't like that good yeah you know i mean i i don't know it was it was it was a movie <laughs> okay well with that it's a movie it was a movie um you also have watched the first season of the fargo series Yes, that you were talking about, which I now want to see because I I enjoyed this. So now, do you know are the are the Coens at all involved in writing for I, the show, or is it just in the universe and that's it? I think it's sort of. Um, I don't know if they write every script. I think they're involved in like the story, maybe. And okay. I think I think each season they sort of like choose from a few Coen Brothers movies that they sort of want to embody for the season. So. Like, I think for the first season, they, like, chose, like, Fargo and, you know, like, No Country for Old Men. And, um, oh, like, I see. Uh, I think, like, Barton Fink was, in, like, like inspired this season, too, which is uh, another Coen Brothers movie I've not seen. Yeah, I haven't um, seen that one either. But, um, yeah, it's good. It has, uh, it has Martin Freeman and Billy Bob Thornton. And, um, you, uh, find out what happens to the suitcase of money that carl leaves on the side of the highway (laughs) just buried under some quote-unquote snow and then with a random ice scraper just as a little tombstone in the middle of this vast fence i mean it's not even like a mile marker yeah i mean 
he had been shot in the face and I guess time that's was true. a factor. So, like. That's true, yeah. He actually did pretty well for someone being shot in yeah. the face. <laughs> because it was like, his half of his chin was like coming off. He was lucky yeah, that it yeah. was like just a graze, but like a <laughs> fucked up graze. Yeah. That it actually broke in the skin, yeah. I want to see the fourth season. I remember seeing the trailer for it because it had like Chris Rock and like Jason Schwartzman. And I was like, that just sounds amazing. That's like Chris Rock and Jason Schwartzman in the fourth season. That one was supposed to be like Kansas city in like the fifties, I think. Well, I, um, I don't know. I I think each series, I think supposed to be self-contained. Like I think there's like, there's, there's like minor like connections, but I think you can kind of start wherever. Um, and but, then Kirsten Dunst is in the second season. Yes. And the second one, I think, takes place in like the late 70s. Yeah. And, yeah, um, it does. But And her husband's in it, Jesse Plemons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I don't know if that's where they met. Maybe. I, I Possible. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Um, yeah, because that one looks cool. I think Gene Smart is also in it. And Patrick Wilson. Um, oh, in nice. The, in the second season. So yeah, it looks pretty cool. I'm I'm really excited to to dive in also ewan mcgregor is in the third one which oh, i heard cool. was pretty good yeah so it, it has a pretty stacked cast for each season so it seems really cool i just uh haven't gotten around to seeing it. i think it's on like hulu or like one of, it's one of those channels i think it's like fx on hulu or something i believe it's not I, a netflix show. i believe i own a couple seasons on my amazon oh you do oh cool yeah i think oh, so sweet Okay, everything has gone up. I got some emails saying like Hulu is now going to be seventeen ninety nine oh, wow. a month, and that's what Netflix is. So I'm gonna have to like look at all the shows I want to watch that are coming up. So like Love Is Blind is like cheesy reality, but I want to watch it. That's on Netflix this month, and then I'm gonna get rid of Hulu because like nothing's on there. Horror stories on is coming out, the new horror mm. story, which I always watch the first one. So we'll see. I mean, yeah. Kim Kardashian's in it, so I'm not too excited, but I'll give it I mean, one episode. Wh- I mean, why would, would you be excited? <laughs> yeah, it's because the show is dying. They yeah. always do this. They did the same thing with Gaga in Hotel. Like, they, it was dying after Freak Show, and I think they needed, like, a big draw that had a ton of fans that were just going to watch the show because they were in it, mm-hmm. and then be able to, like, still stay on the air. So I think that's what happened with... Uh, this one because the last two seasons have been like really lackluster and they're yeah. probably like we need people to watch just end the show it's been on for like 12 years yeah like it's done like what else do we we i don't feel like they need to keep going i feel like it's all the actors have left i allegedly i was hearing in a blind item which i know people like roll their eyes and they hear blind item but allegedly evan peters said no because of kim kardashian this season he was like absolutely not okay interesting <laughs> so i was like i mean I get it. That's totally tracks. The yeah. guy would feel the same way when he like is probably going to win an Emmy this year, and he should have already. But I mean, he did for Maribee's Town, but I mean, he should have for Horror Story. I can't believe he hasn't won for any of the characters that he played on Horror Story. But he's probably like, no, like she's not an actress. Like, yeah, she's just coming <laughs> in because she can, you know. So yeah. Well, all right. Let's move on to behind the scenes. Okay. What did you get? Okay. Okay. Um. So Rotten Tomatoes critics give this movie ninety three percent. That makes sense. Um, audience gives it eighty four percent, which I thought was a little low. It is a little low. Like, um, what did they want? Yeah, like I mean, what do y'all want? It's like I don't know. People talk really funny in this movie. 
and I don't like get it. <laughs> I don't get it. It's weird. Um. So this movie was nominated for seven Oscars. This yeah, was, of course, seven. That's a lot. This, of course, was the year that the English Patient came out and it just like destroyed the competition oh, and God. won everything. No. So out of those seven nominations, they only won two. Um, That's wild. <laughs> um, the English Patient sweeping. That's just awful. Oh God, it's such a. I mean, I was like, I was like, is this honestly the best picture that was released this year? Like, uh, yeah. is this honestly like the best movie? Because I can barely get through it, like, at all. <laughs> Especially, like, originality. I feel like yeah. it's the same, like, genre of film that, it, you know, period, or, like, you know, kind of, you know, war picture. Like, it, it's it's not new. I feel like the yeah. Academy, you would think they would be... Well, also, it has to do with votes, so it depends on the voting body. It's mm-hmm. not just, like, ten people who vote, but it's like i would think you would award something that you haven't seen before like wow this is a really cool story or cool script or blah 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 like fargo is a really original take and story so i would think that would win you know um i mean this is also the year that like primal fear came out um he was robbed robbed i know and like um i mean I, um, I wasn't initially a fan of this movie, but like I rewatched Jerry Maguire recently, and it started to win me over. And I was like, I was like, okay, this movie's kind of amazing. <laughs> so I've never seen Jerry Maguire, and have like zero desire to. Oh, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's dumb, but I mean, it's um, it's like one of the few, like, kind of like dramedy performance by performances by Tom Cruise before he just like shifted to this whole like action. Base yeah here. i wish he would so, go more drama yeah yeah i would too i liked his like earlier work when it was drama focused like mm-hmm. i loved rain man i have to see magnolia yeah yeah it's good yeah because that's that's one that's on my list i think it's really long too it is yeah so i think that's why i just haven't um, seen it yet so this movie was nominated for best picture best director francis mcdormand won for best actress Woo! Um, uh, uh, other nominees that were nominated with her included Brenda Blethyn for Secrets and Lies, Ooh. which is actually kind of good. Um, it's is uh, that it, the Woody? No, it's not the Woody Allen movie. That's Husbands and Wives. No, no Secrets and Lies. It, uh, it takes place in England, and it's about a woman whose parent, I think, her mother passes away, and then she finds out after she um, she dies that she was adopted, and. Oh. Um, um, then she is able to track down her birth mother, and um, she's surprised because her mother is white. Um, oh! And uh, they sort of like start to become friends, and just kind of you know start to get to know each other. And then um, like, and then she gets invited to a birthday dinner for her mom's other daughter, and basically all hell breaks loose. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. But yeah, it's good. Um, oh, that's anyway, cool. Um, our beloved Diane Keaton was nominated for Marvin's Room. <gasps> Diane Keaton, yay, yay! Um, it's I, I I I hear it's like one of the um like uh more dramatic performances like that she's done because I think it's like about a woman who's basically taking care of like her father with cancer, and then as mm-hmm. she's taking care of him, she finds out that she herself is diagnosed with cancer too. And Leo's in it. Yeah, 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 and, uh, and it has Meryl 
Um, yeah, it's a stack cast. Yeah, yeah. I've seen like bits of it. I feel like I've started it sometime. I always start movies and they end up leaving the service. Mm-hmm. Like I'll start on Hulu and then I'll go back to watch it and then it's like gone. I'm like, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, um, that's on my list to do. Yeah, I, I think I saw, saw it once fairly recently and I enjoyed it. So yeah, cool. Um, Emily Watson was nominated for Breaking the Waves. Which is What's a movie that? I have no idea. <laughs> Breaking the waves. Breaking okay. the waves, which sounds vaguely sexual. So, um, <laughs> I um not I'm not sure what what that's about at all. And Speaking then, of sexual, did you see our TikTok woodsman today? I uh I have not had a chance to watch yet. <laughs> oh my gosh! Today he like splits this. I mean, it's the biggest tree stump I've ever seen really it's massive yeah it's like on the ground and it takes a really long time for him to split it oh well that's good good to know i um (laughs) i think i I sent it to you on tiktok (laughs) i uh remember when he was trying to split like a stump of eucalyptus wood i was getting genuinely like stressed out yeah this one was like that i was like really it was a long one and i was like stressed out that he wouldn't be able to do it and then i think like towards the end he starts going go (laughs) Go <laughs> every time he every time he hits the hatchet, it's it's a good one. Everyone follow that wood chipper guy or the guy who like ch- like chucks wood in like the most sexual way you've ever seen on TikTok. Yeah, well, it's anyway. a feat. It's a feat. <laughs> um, and then the final nominee was Kirsten Chris Scott Thomas for the English Patient. Oh um, God! I'm just, I'm like, all right, I, mean, I guess I, I guess she does. I, I, I guess she is on. She is naked and on screen for a, a lot of time. So. I mean, no. She that, doesn't win, so bah. Yeah. <laughs> bah. Um, William H. Macy was also nominated for Best was best Supporting Actor. Um, Yay! The, the uh, other n- n- nominees this year included Armin Mueller-Stahl for Shine, James Woods for Ghosts of Mississippi, which is a movie I've not seen, but I'm kind of curious about. That's the one with Gene Hackman, right? Oh, is it? Is it? I don't know. I'm guessing. Oh, I haven't wait. seen it. You might think of Mississippi Burning. Oh yeah, you're Hackman. right. That's Gene Hackman. Because yeah. I think that actually also has Francis McDormand in it. Oh okay. Um, yeah, um, I haven't seen either one of those, but it was the Mississippi that threw me off. It's, it, it's good. I think it's about. Um, I think it's about uh, like two FBI agents who are investigating the death of a freedom writer in like the segregated oh. South. Um, oh okay. Like in the sixties. Oh. Um, but um, it's good because um, Gene Hickman basically kicks the ass of of a bunch of racists so oh nice yeah yeah it's been on my list to watch um edward norton for primal fear <sighs> we should have won and they all lost to cuba gooding jr for <laughs> jerry Maguire. <laughs> i think that's why i have such a like i don't give a fuck about that movie because no yeah, i don't it, like cuba at all i don't think it, he's a great actor i was like is this i don't know i i don't really get the logic i mean i'm I mean, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, I guess he's good, but I just, I, I it, whenever I was watching the movie, the, the word Oscar never popped into my mind. Like, over Edward Norton? I know, honestly. Like, like, that started his entire career. Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, I guess it just helped that he was nominated so early mm-hmm. that he could just become and be billed as an Oscar-nominated actor, like, so early, and probably his quote would go up. Yeah. But still, I, I mean... What about, I've seen, uh, granted, I haven't seen Jerry Maguire, but I've seen clips of Cuba's performances. But, like, what about that screams Oscar? It seemed very, like, like a regular movie. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I think, I mean, um, I, I think he does command, he has a very commanding performance while he's on screen. Um, and, you know, he's able to kind of go toe-to-toes with Tom Cruise, which is, you know, kind of impressive. Yeah, that's um, true, I guess. I mean, um... Um, An Oscar? It's one thing to be nominated. Like, fine, be nominated. But, like, to win? Yeah, like, That's yeah. pretty so, crazy. But and I don't it's know. weird because Jerry Maguire was, like, kind of a comedy. Like, I mean, yeah. there, there are some mm-hmm. dramatic parts to it. But, like, I'm just like, really, out of all the comedies that have deserved Oscars, you're going to go reward Jerry Maguire? Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's just odd. Like, I, I think know. that we haven't done our, like, 80s uh, rewriting the Oscars. That'll be kind of tough, as I haven't seen a ton of 80s movies. But I think, uh, I don't know if he was, but I think Matthew Broderick should have been nominated for Ferris Bueller. Oh, I do too. I think If he great. wasn't, I don't know if he was. Yeah. I doubt he was. But, yeah, he was great in that. And Molly Ringwald should have been nominated in the 80s. And like, I, for sure. Um, and I thought that Matt Dillon should have been nominated for Midnight Cowboy. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, Drugstore Cowboy. Drugstore Cowboy, sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have not seen Midnight Cowboy, but I've, that's one on my list, too. That's, like, John Voight, right? Yeah. Is yeah. that the one where Dustin Hoffman is like, I'm walking here. Yeah. I'm yeah. walking here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to see um, that. So um, it also was nominated for Best cinema- c- Cinematography. Um, it won for Best Original Screenplay. Um, oh, uh, that's cool. Uh, other nominees included Jerry Maguire, Lone Star, Secrets and Lies, and Shine. What is Shine about? That's the one with Jeffrey Rush, where I think he plays a pianist from Australia. Oh, or, okay. I think he's like supposed to be a, like a piano prodigy. Um, of course. Very I, Oscars typical. I, I was never. Everyone says it's supposed to be really good. I've never really been all that interested in seeing it. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like a typical boring movie that gets nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I've, I've, I remember the the year before everyone was like freaking out because everyone's like, "Oh my god, you've got to see Richard Dreyfuss and Mr. Holland's Opus." Oh, and I'm, <laughs> there was all that like, there's all that. There's a weird genre of like musician, composer, like, yeah. like uh, Oscar porn. And it's like yeah. that one, Whiplash, Tar. Um, it's always like these really high strung, like classical music people who are like psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that, that's like a whole genre that like, I feel like the Oscars just loves. <laughs> they love yeah. like the tortured artists. Um, and so it was also nominated for Best Cinematography and Best Editing. Um, interestingly, the name on screen, Roderick James, is like totally fake. Um, so, what do you mean? So... Um, when you watch the credits, it says, you know, edited by Roderick James. Roderick James is just Joel and Ethan Cohen. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, so funny. I wish they did what some people do where it actually says like written, directed, edited, and produced by like in the same line. And then it just has their name. So you can see like everything. Um, And and, interestingly, they apparently came up with a sort of heist where um, we're at the Oscars that year. They asked the actor Albert Finney to dress up as quote unquote Roderick James. Um, and he basically dressed in disguise from the event that he won. He could like go on stage. But apparently the Academy did, like did, was not fond of this, like, you know, this, you know, of, of these shenanigans. Really? Um, they they were not impressed. And so um um and so like uh and so uh and, and so um like uh Albert they said that Roderick James was supposed to be a fussy b- b- British cutter from Hayward's Heath. <laughs> so, 
That's so funny that they were like, <laughs> let's just play this massive joke, like, on everyone. Yeah. Like, it's just so funny. Um, so, um, moving out of Oscar trivia, um, and onto general m- 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 movie stuff, um, Frances McDormand referred to her accent as Minnesota nice, um, which is sort of, um, it's a saying in, like, the, in, you know, up north, of, it's sort of like the equivalent of southern hospitality. Um, yeah, it kind of feels like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so, you know, yeah. So people in the Midwest seem to be really passive aggressive and very agreeable. And so, <laughs> um, and it's, uh, you know, it's kind of cool because both Marge and Jerry are just like these like ruthless hardcore, like, you know, like, like, you know, like they, they are out for blood. <laughs> so, and poor Jean. I know. You know, like, she. Poor Jean. You know, she was the same actress from Drop Dead Gorgeous who appeared in that beef com- c- commercial. No you know, way, you know, really? Like, you know, like, oh, I just love St. Paul, Paul products so much. In fact, I work here now. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, P- Peter Stormare doesn't say a lot in this movie, but, you know, <laughs> no. actions actions speak louder than words he has a total of 18 lines of dialogue <laughs> damn which, which is like kind of kind of impressive um some people considered for the role of jerry included um that um actor rick jenkins who played yeah. he played um you know um dad and six feet, feet under mm-hmm. and also um they apparently offered also offered the role to bill pullman but um, he turned it down, and um, then they went on to their second best choice, which was William H Macy. So he was apparently like really psychotic about getting the movie too. Yeah, yeah, he. That's what I, I heard. That <laughs> apparently he got down on his knees at one point, like begged, and so I was like, "Wow, that actually works." <laughs> and apparently he made a joke that he would kill their dogs if they didn't give him the movie. <laughs> He was like, I was kidding, of course, but he like was like, no, I'm serious. Like, I want this movie. <laughs> um, so the word yeah appears 179 times. Do people in Minnesota and North Dakota think it's if anyone out there is from those places, like let us know, but do they think it do they mind, I guess, the accent and like the mimicking of, of the accents, and do they think it's do they just think it's cool that we like it because it's I feel like for people in the like lower states, like I would say mm-hmm. like lower continental and like the major East Coast cities and stuff, it's just a rare accent that we don't hear mm-hmm. that yeah. often. So I think that's why it's really fun to hear it because we hear almost everything else pretty commonly. New York, Chicago, like all that. We hear Chicago a lot, but we don't hear that really specific I think it's a Minnesota accent, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. both, really, but I wonder. I wonder if people are like... Yeah. Or I wonder if when the movie came out, they were, like, annoyed that people were like, we don't all say yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like I, but well, you do, though. <laughs> well, my mom is her from this area. Like, she's from, like, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Yeah. Um, and so um, she, like, I think when it came out, she, was, she thought it was a bit over the top. But, oh okay. Um, but um, I uh, but I'm, you know, having traveled there, I'm 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 just telling you, people generally do do talk like this. Yeah, so, I was gonna but, say, I don't think it's that exaggerated, yeah. right? <laughs> so funny. Um, and finally, my last piece of trivia, 
is the word fuck is used 75 times. <laughs> Mostly by Steve Buscemi, I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think he's like the one. Well, that's funny. Um, cool. That's all you got? Yep. Sweet. All right. Well, IMDb gives us an 8.1 out of 10, which I thought was really low for IMDb. Because this is like one of those movies that has been a cult status film for quite a while. Yeah. I mean, so IMDb's scoring system is really weird. So I think anything above an 8 is like really good. I think it's old because nobody... The thing is, is I think I mentioned this before, was that we were kind of allowed to have an account on IMDb before, mm-hmm. and we had like message boards at the bottoms of the of the movies, and you could actually talk about the movie there. That was the only thing. There was no Reddit, so I think that the scores are old. Like I, I think that they're old in that they're people who saw the films like before Reddit and Rotten Tomatoes were invented, so they're from like the early two thousands, and maybe like now. I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes were in what the 80s and 90s or no 90s right yeah that's what you said so yeah i mean i think it's just like an older scoring system because yeah like 8.1 i just thought imdb would have it at like an 8.8 like which is really high for imdb like nothing's a 10 i don't think no well i think like the highest scoring movies are something like a 9.2 or something yeah i was gonna say nothing's a perfect 10 yeah yeah so I guess 8.1 is like pretty good because it, mm-hmm. it says that the rating is over 702,000 ratings. So it's a ton oh, wow. of ratings. Yeah, like yeah. way more than than Rotten Tomatoes. Um, OK, so budget was seven million and the box office, it made 60.6 million. So it did well. Um, I remember when it was out. Yeah, like, I remember seeing the trailers and the commercials and stuff for it. But I mean, I didn't see it in the theater or anything because I don't think I would have gotten it at like mm-hmm. 13. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think I would have gotten it. Okay, so um so my evidence I found, or not evidence, but like my tidbits I found was Carl Showalter was specifically written for Steve Buscemi. Oh good. Which I find really cool. Um <laughs> The Cohens grew up in Minnesota and they've described Minnesota as Siberia with family restaurants. <laughs> That's pretty much how they describe like where they grew up, which I thought was really good. The scene where the couple buys the car from Jerry and he's trying to like sell them that top coat. And then in the end, he's like, the guy's like, you told me you were going to give this to me for nineteen five, And he's like, well, I don't know. I'm going to see if I can make something work. That apparently actually happened to Ethan Cohen. Oh, and really? it was like his own experience, almost like exact dialogue. So that's why he wrote it in the movie. And that also reminds me of a really hilarious Seinfeld episode that all took place inside of a dealership, like the <laughs> whole episode. And because uh, Elaine's boyfriend, Putty, was a mechanic at like Jerry had a sob for a while. Mm-hmm. I think he always had a sob in the show, but he was taking his car in and then like that was when putty was like coming out and telling him all this like weird shit that had to be done to it. And I think because like Elaine was going to dump him. And then once she convinced Elaine to go back with him, he like really gave him all the straight dope. And he was like, wait, so you were going to overcharge me for that top coat. He's like, yeah, no one here even knows what that is. <laughs> like it was really funny. So that it reminded me of that. How like there was an entire episode about the, the dealership. I, um, love how Seinfeld did all these like self-contained episodes that all took place in you know like a single location yeah um, you know like um like you see so many sitcoms where and like every single episode takes place in like the apartment like you know like week after week after week and you know mm-hmm. it seemed like they really did like branch out and try to like 
you know, like the Chinese restaurant in like the parking lot. You know? the Ch- oh yeah. The Chinese restaurant's like one of my favorites. Yeah. It's great. Like that one's so good. And the, the fact that like in the whole episode, Elaine is like starving. Yeah. Like, and she's like, I'm so hungry. I just want to go across the street to like the hot dog place. Like, please like, let me go. And, and they're like, she's like, I'm about to go over to, I think and one of them dares her to like go over to this random table and like eat their food. Yeah. Like just take, the egg roll off the plate and she like she's like okay i'll do it i'm so hungry and she goes and like stands over by the table and just like tries to mentally like like use telepathy to let them know that she's not crazy but she like has to take that egg roll (laughs) and she like stares at them like i'm sorry and you hear her in her inner monologue like i'm sorry i have to do this but i need to take that egg roll off the plate like (laughs) please let me do it it's really funny i love it and then at the very end is when they leave and then the guy's like seinfeld yeah (laughs) it's really good um yeah and the the parking lot one that was that was really good too yeah there's a lot i mean seinfeld's just such a great great show yeah (laughs) i love seinfeld um okay so siskel and ebert who were kind of notorious uh movie critics in like the 90s maybe 80s but i know 90s and probably early 2000s they used to have uh you know column they were like the big film critics of the time yeah we would see yeah like if you were able to get your movie liked by Cisco and Ebert that was like a big deal yeah it was a huge deal and they were obsessed with Fargo which is Mm -hmm. totally tracks yeah and they said that when they first saw the film they were like this is why we go to the movies like (laughs) they were like really really into it and they eventually at the end of the year called Fargo the best film of 1996 yeah yeah so I agree yeah it's pretty cool um like i said before i had no idea that francis mcdormand and joel cohen were married and they've been married since april 1st 1984 oh really so that's pretty crazy yeah it's been a long time um none of the movie scenes were actually filmed in fargo north dakota and the show actually or not the show but the movie actually doesn't really take place in fargo it's just weird that that's what it's named because fargo is only where jerry meets the henchmen right in the very beginning but like the movie itself takes place in minnesota like in and around minnesota but apparently there was a super warm winter at the time they were filming it i believe it was like january of 95 so a lot of the snow in it is fake and it wasn't actually as cold as it looks yeah i thought that was really interesting too um we already mentioned richard jenkins this is the only nomination of william h macy who i think is more tv now i think so too especially with shameless which I think he should have yeah. won an Emmy for. Uh, he was, I think he was also doing like guest appearances on ER at this time. Oh, um, you're right. He was on ER. So, yeah. Yeah. So he kind of shifted more towards TV, like I mm. think after um, this, but I do really like him. And my last note was that Fargo, Texas Chainsaw, and Blair Witch were all films that were marketed as they were being based on a true story. Oh, but this one actually was not based on a true story. Yeah. They actually kept it going that it was on the press tour. And then they said like when they got to the end, they eventually like admitted that it wasn't from an yeah. actual story. <laughs> that was really funny. So yeah, that's all I have for behind the scenes. I mean, there's a lot of information on this movie. It's one of those, you know. I think they even have a criterion collection at this point. They have to. Oh yeah. This I is like a big so. yeah, it's like a big uh stop in the coen brothers filmography all right so fashion let's move on to fashion uh mary zofres or zofris i guess i'm not sure how you say that that is the costume familiar. 
Yeah, it does, right? I don't know if she did anything else. I didn't actually look that up. I probably should have. But did you... Do you have anything while I look this up if she's done anything else? Um, Do you have any... Damn, she's been nominated for four Oscars. Oh, wow. She did La La Land, Hail Caesar, Babylon, Antebellum, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, she's done a few Cohen things. Interstellar. um, True Grit, Iron Man 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. Burn After Reading, Indiana Jones, The Legend of the Crystal Skull, and The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Smoke and Aces, let's see, No Country for Old Men, Catch Me If You Can, Ghost okay. World, Ooh. Um. let's see, Any Given Sunday, There's Something About Mary, The Big Lebowski, and Kingpin, <laughs> kind of funny, her first credit is PCU. Which is I, another oh film I, I actually love that movie. I do too. I was like, that's on my list to do with Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Um, that and then her second credit is Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> so that's like pretty big. Yeah. So yeah, she has done quite a lot. Oh, nice. Um, well, I don't have a lot for No, fashion. I didn't I don't have a ton. Um, I thought that everyone uh, I thought that um Jean was um when was on the sofa, just kind of watching TV knitting. I thought her like just like morning outfit looked really comfortable that um, purple chunky sweater yeah, yeah yeah it looked really cool um uh chunky sweaters are a big theme um i, I, I guess in minnesota um, minnesota yeah what's well, cold um there's a scene um i thought that the the uh girls in the, the bar when mark's talking to them I, th- I, th- I thought they looked really um it's like you know fun and flirty you know, and, it's one of my you know. favorite scenes. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't oh, know. Just, yeah. I, I don't know. Just kind of funny looking. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Steve Buscemi, yeah. always getting called out for like how he looks different, <laughs> but in yeah. a bad way. In kind of, not a bad way, but like in a funny, weird, eccentric way. Yeah, yeah. I, I also know. love that in Boardwalk Empire. Um, what's his name? Bobby Cannavale's character calls him a breadstick and a bow tie. <laughs> and that's like such an accurate description of Nucky, his character, uh, Buscemi's character in Boardwalk Empire. Another show that if you haven't seen, it's fucking great. There is, um, if you ever have a chance to watch the show Veep, they... Oh in- yeah, my mom's been bugging me to watch Veep. They like take insults to like the next level. It is like incredible. Like, um... I'm gonna start like, that. Like, there is one character, I think is like, he's like relatively tall. And so so everyone around him has like a bunch of insults for tall people. And it, it's just like, you know, oh, and there's like one scene I think you can find on YouTube where they just like read a like list of insults that they've all written about him. And it's like a solid three minutes of just like him being called like the the like sixty foot virgin, and you know and you know supercalifragilisticexpialidocies, and you know. Wait, like, who is it? Is it the guy from uh, Succession? It's uh, I think I think the actor's name is Timothy Simons. Okay, so it's not that guy, but is he tall like the guy from Succession who's like six yeah, yeah. ten? Yeah, he's like really tall. I I, I don't think he's like six ten. I think he's like six four or something. But um, okay, he's still taller than like yeah, the average. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's um, really funny. What does and, he play in V? Like, who he does he? Is he like uh, an advisor or something? Yeah, his character's name is Jonah. Um, and um, like, there's I think there's one scene when I think one person's talking. There's like, I don't know what it is about you. You just have a very odd shape. 
<laughs> oh my god, the guy from Silicon Valley reminds me of the same thing to Jared, who was in the office. Yeah. <laughs> like he said one time, like he also made like a weird, <clears throat> like a weird statement that someone said about it. He was like, Yeah, my family is really strange. My aunt once one time told me I look like um like someone starved a virgin to death. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like he just like talks about all these like weird things that like people have said about him but yeah that's another one i mean another great and a lot of the people that are in a lot of those hbo shows are in like other ones like silicon valley yeah. is hbo and like gary cole i think was in beep and then he cool. also turns up in like Emp- not empire entourage and then also in you know tons of shows well i, th- I think that um that character or, or that actor zach woods appears in veep um for oh, I he think, does i think he's like a he's like a guest starring role for like a season or two oh cool and there's one scene where he's talking to, to this character jonah and he just and he says to him like to his face you're like frankenstein's monster if the monster were, were made entirely out of dead dicks <laughs> oh my god that's so funny <laughs> oh my anyway, god so <laughs> i, I want to watch v my mom's been bugging me to watch it for, for years she's like it's so good yeah yeah it's, it, it's good i you know i it wasn't sure i thought i'd like but i actually really got in in in, in into it so yeah i think that i think i'm gonna like give it a try i'm sure i'll like it because we know so yeah. much about politics being from here <laughs> It's just like I didn't think I would like House of Cards when I started it, you mm. know, years ago either. But then I en- ended up being like really involved in the story, so I was like, oh, I guess I do like politics. I've never seen The West Wing. Oh, it's um, good. Yeah, yeah, that show. But yeah, I feel like I'd probably like that too. It's um, it's good because it's it's like made very i i i idealistically. So there's a lot of like hope, you know. In, oh, in it. so it's the opposite of which is House like, of Cards, which is like yeah. a fucking like real that's the only real political show i can think of that i've seen with house of cars but it's like a real downer <laughs> it's like yeah it's like everyone is bad and you know it's like so evil to the max it's like crazy yeah well that's good good to know <laughs> so have you seen house of cars i don't think so i, yeah, I it's like i mean it's you know it's a good show but i mean it's got kevin spacey in it so. yeah yeah he's pretty much like how he seems to be in real life like i think he's taken it quite far yeah um yeah any other fashion uh notes um, you said jane or janie he liked her outfit yeah um there's um there's also a, a scene i think towards the middle where marge or maybe it's the end where marge like gets into bed and she's wearing like a like a puffy sweater over like her pajamas yeah that um, looks cool and i was like oh that looks so comfortable <laughs> looks so cozy yeah like in the bed it looks so cozy that's cool. Um, and other than that, I um, I uh felt I just felt happy that whenever I go outside now, I don't have to put on multiple layers of clothes. <laughs> so, no, not yet. Yeah, <laughs> not yet. Yeah, that's what I. I mean, I have Janie's down too, and the only other two people that I had down were the henchmen mm. because I'm obsessed with Steve Buscemi's outfit. Yeah, especially when cool. he's driving in the car and he has the aviators, like those gold aviators. He has like a red turtleneck, and then he has. One of those like seventies jackets that has the fur collar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like long, it's like a brown coat that I think he wears for like the rest of the movie. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. I do love um I don't know how to say his name. It's not Gear Gear? Peter Stormare's character. Yeah, I, I thought they pronounced it like Gear or something. Gear, yeah. 
I like his, I really like his vibe. Like, I like that he looks like an Eastern European hitman, mm-hmm. like from like the Ukraine or like Bulgaria. Like, his hair is like blonde and it looks very like heavy coat and like, yeah, just like a, like something you would see in like a villain in like Eastern Europe. Yeah. Like, I just like how he has like the leather coat that is so like of the time like the mm. mid 90s it just worked really well so i think he's swedish right i think so too um yeah i uh recognize him because he's in the lost world that came out like next year and he plays that guy i don't know if he's uh, ever seen the lost world but you mean the jurassic park yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. i don't remember it super well but i have seen it yeah so there's a scene towards the middle when like the when like the two camps kind of come together and form like a single group, and he like plays one of the guys who sort of, um, like he's like, hey, I'm going off to pee, you know, and it sort of goes Uh-oh. off on his own, own into the woods, and he gets turned around and ends up falling down this like really <sighs> really steep hill, and then he gets swarmed by the tiny green dinosaurs. And oh, they, I do remember yeah, that. That yeah. was him. Yeah. Yeah. And just dies from like yeah, and, a million tiny cuts and bites. Yeah, and probably. they like they like pursue him, and you know they're just you know, it's just like the, them them you know hunting him is just like the relentless march of time. You know, it just keeps coming, <sighs> and so oh, that would be the worst than being yeah. killed by like a big a big T Rex. I think to be like bit by like a thousand paper cuts kind of feeling yeah. would be like so much worse. Well, I, they don't really go into this so much in the movies, but in the novel, those dinosaurs are like mildly poisonous. So, oh, so they when, like poison you too. So when they, well, when they bite you, it's said that it's, um, it sort of pro- produces this very like hallucinogenic effect and makes you very like sleepy and compliant. So while they're like gnawing on it, you're you're just like, oh, whatever. You know? Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh lord. <laughs> that sounds really scary. Like he also is in John Wick 2. I'm looking through him's IMDB. I don't just know this off the top of my head. He's he plays Slippery Pete in the one of the greatest Seinfeld episodes of all time, The Frogger. Oh. <laughs> Machine where George buys a frogger from a pizza shop because he got the highest score when he was like 14 and no one yeah. has beat it and he wants to like keep it forever. Yeah. So he like gets a bunch of henchmen to like rig up this frogger so that he can keep it plugged in so he won't lose the score. And he's one of the guys that they hire. He's also in 8mm, a weird film I did with Mike um, a long that, time ago on the podcast. Mm-hmm, and Joaquin Phoenix about like okay. snuff films. It's mm-hmm. about like the underground world of snuff films. It's really weird. Oh. He also was in Spun, another film oh, we did. Okay. He's one of the cops in Spun. He's in. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other movies that I've seen here, but yeah, that those are the ones I can think of. John John Wick is like the most recent one that I've seen. That he's he's in a lot. Yeah, okay, he still does a lot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So then that's basically what I have for fashion. Not a ton. And then as far as music goes, there isn't really any music. I mean, there's like a Norwegian folk song. Yeah, I, I think I, I think like they just have the the, the score, right? Yeah, yeah, the, the score. Yeah, it's not. It's not. The thing is, it, it works for this film. A lot of times, I give some films like a a kind of knockoff that they didn't have an actual score. Mm. Oh, the beginning has that. Like, do you know the way to San Jose? Oh, that's right. Like, um, so there there is a song, and there's something like playing in the bar, but they're very like non consequential to the actual show. 
So it's not really like, you know, it's not like it, like it really helps with the story. It's there, but it's not like a plot device. Yeah. Although I re- just reviewed Swim Fan and Swim Fan, like in the actual movie had just like the most nondescript music. Like it was, I would Shazam it and I'm like, these bands don't exist. Like they're like a band that was created just to make a movie song. So they wouldn't have to pay like royalties for someone else. It sounds like. And then <laughs> on their actual CD soundtrack, it had big bands. And I was like, but none of those songs were in the movie. Like, it was really weird. So that one I had to give them knocks for, because I was like, Swim Fam could have had a way better soundtrack that would have helped sell it. But this one didn't need a soundtrack. Yeah. Like, not like a typical soundtrack of the 90s. Yeah, I mean, like, the story is, like, so compelling that, like, you don't, you're not really listening to yeah. what's going on in the background all that much. I didn't miss it. Um, it, it yeah, I didn't really notice it. I wasn't like, this needed a song here. Like, it, it really worked. So, so yeah, speaking of plot lines and stories and moving forward what are some of your favorite scenes and lines I um i love the opening scene when jerry comes into to the bar to meet carl and geyer or geyer geyer mm-hmm. um and um geyer. and it's just like you know like jerry sort of seems like a walter white type at first you know just like very you know kind of you know straight laced and innocent and you wouldn't think of him as a cold-blooded psychopath but (laughs) (laughs) but alas he is yeah yeah um and um just like how you're trying like piece the situation about why these two people are meeting in a bar and you're just like wait what's going on yeah you know you're just like and then when you realize what's going on it's like oh okay so jerry got these men's names from i guess a friend at work like um, or a person at work, and he's hiring them to kidnap his wife. So his rich father-in-law will pay the ransom to get the wife back because he owes money to some people for something? Yes. <laughs> Basically? And I guess we later find out he wants to, um, he'll, um, the, they want the ransom to be 80000 the 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 henchman gets to keep forty and he gets to keep the other forty because there is this piece of land that he really 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 wants. Mm-hmm. So. Like that's the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> and then the the dad ends up kind of being like, "Cool, yeah, thanks for bringing us this land deal. We'll take it." And he's like, "Cool," and they're like, "Yeah." So what's your finder's fee? And he's like, "Finder's fee? No, 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 no. Like we're going in on it." And he's like, uh, no, (laughs) like, we're not going to be in business with you. We just want to thank you for bringing us this, but no. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of funny. It's like so funny. He's like, oh, I don't, I I don't think so, Jer. (laughs) No, I don't, I don't think so. No. It's it's, it's so Um, crazy. But, um, I I do love the, um, line when, um, when, when Steve Buscemi's like, um, why don't you just ask why don't you just ask your father-in-law for the, the money? And then, like, Gare's like, or your fucking wife. <laughs> I know. And then he's, he's just like, well, they they won't give it to me, and, you know, they don't really have a lot of faith in me, so... No. I'm so I'm to... gonna pretend to have my fucking wife kidnapped. This is the solution I've come up with. <laughs> but not tell her. Yeah. Like, what's going on. So she, like, and my first, the first scene that I, that I wrote down that I liked was the hilarious, like, wife's kidnapping. 
and mm. her like running around the house in like the shower curtain because she gets caught up in the shower curtain in the bathroom yeah. like her just flailing around and so many moments that she has where she's like blindfolded and just like running around just, yeah like, looks really funny i was like oh god this poor woman <laughs> like yeah i know that she falls down the stairs and i thought she mm-hmm. died yeah. I was like, oh my god, no way, that's... I think I was always looking for the murder, because I knew there was, like, a murder mystery, and I was like, oh, it's the wife, oh, this is crazy that they were there to, like, you know, kidnap her, and then she ends up dying, and I was like, oh, no, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this or something, and then it becomes, like, a bloodbath. I was like, whoa, oh, yeah. we're just killing everyone here, I guess. Like, damn. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, I do love this brief snapshot when Jerry comes home from the the uh bar and he's like you know um he just like comes and he's like you know and you hear like jean say hi han you know <laughs> and so she, cute she just seems like such a sweet like you know maternal like you know person you know it's very welcoming and warm you you know that that if, if like you were friends with his son you know she, she would be like one of our favorite parents you, you, oh totally you know? yeah but, you know, Almost like Starlet. <laughs> she reminds me also of like our friend Scott's mom, who would always like have food at their house. Oh, really? Yeah, she would like <laughs> always have like tons of food and, and like just really like personable and cool. Yeah, yeah. It's I also like- love that when she disappears or when she gets kidnapped and like uh, Jerry is like rehearsing how he's going to tell the dad on the phone, <laughs> yeah. like in the kitchen, he's like, wait, um, it's, it's Gene. Okay, no, 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 wait. It's Jean. And then I love when, like, they find out that, like, you know, she's missing and they're like, oh, my God, what are you going to do about Scotty? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he, like, totally forgot about his son, who's, like, I don't know how old is he, like, 14, maybe? 14, 15? Yeah, I think so. And he's like, when he talks, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll call him. And he's like, we should call the police. And he's like, no, we should not call the police. We should just say that, like, they told me to handle it. Like, they said, don't talk to anyone else. I'm going to handle it. We're going to handle it together. And he's like, if anyone calls and asks for your mom, just say she's in Florida with the girl. She literally was kidnapped. And you're telling him to say that she went to, like, Florida with her, like, aunt and uncle. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It's so funny. It's, like, so crazy. It's just a crazy situation. This whole thing was, like, this wild caper that felt yeah. like a Seinfeld episode. Well, I, I also like that it's, like, a... It's like a, it's like a story that at first it like the plan was just so simple, you know, mm-hmm. and then it just get just more and more stuff goes wrong and it gets more complicated. It's it sort of reminds me of the movie Clay Pigeons kind of to an extent. Oh, I love that movie. I have it on DVD. Yeah, it's good. Like yeah, that's good. Um, that's on the list to do too. <laughs> yeah, no, but I just love how the plan was like you just have to kidnap my wife and not kill her and then you'll get your money, you know? Yeah. And like then, the easiest thing. And then, you know, that's not what happens. <laughs> so she's like rolled up in the back and then when that cop is killed and then all bets are off now. Yeah. Yeah. Basically that's when you're like, oh God. <laughs> oh God. Oh crap. Oh geez. <laughs> I love when um my favorite like interpretation of the the like northern accent is in uh reality bites when Janine Garofalo does it and she does the like mock uh of it's Steve Zahn, I forgot his character's name, like coming out to his parents and she's like, It's okay, I'll play your mom, you can come out to me and then he's like, Mom, you know, like I, I think I'm gay or, or whatever he says, and then she's like, Oh crap. <laughs> 
Um, and it's just like, is there a support group that I can join to come to terms with my own insecurity? <laughs> and then like, um, Steve's all like, yeah, P flag, parents and friends of lesbians and gays. And then she's like, P, she's like, P flag. I'm starting to like the sound of that. <laughs> and, like, and then they, then they like bow, like they were doing a performance. And he's like, this is a dramatic interpretation of the events that are about to happen at my house and then like when he actually tells her and he's like i did it i came out to her and then you just see him sitting on the front porch and then you see her inside like pacing and like on the phone like, in the house. It's like just that always reminds me too when she's like oh crap That's a, that was a good one <laughs> also that cafeteria buffet looked good is this one that March goes to? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, this makes me feel like more southern than I should probably should because that looked like a Cracker Barrel, and I was like ready. I think that's at that yeah. point I texted you that I wanted to go to Denny's. <laughs> I was like, I want to go to a Denny's. I actually do. Their biscuits and gravy are so fucking good. I would kill for some moons over my hammy right now. Oh like, yeah, moons over my hammy. We have to go to a Denny's. Oh, I'm mm. on a I'm on a spending freeze because I bought too many magazines this month. So Denny's I can afford. <laughs> Denny's is like, Denny's is good. Um, yeah. What are some What are some of your other uh, standouts? Um, well, I thought the whole like traffic stop scene when they have like um Gene in, in the back seat and um you know like Carl is just like. I'm so sorry. I forgot to put the tags in the window, and he like suddenly tries to bribe the cop. Then he, the cop's just like, "Get out of the car!" <laughs> you know? I know, and he's like, "Uh," <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you just had to not bribe someone. Like it would have been fine." <laughs> yeah, but he's like a slickster. He's like yeah. one of those slicksters who like thinks he knows everything. And then just like when you see like Peter Stormare, like grab the guy's hair and like pull him into the car and simultaneously reach into the glove compartment and pull out the gun i was like whoa looks so fast too yeah i did not see that coming either Mm -hmm. i was like fuck oh no and meanwhile gene's like on the floor in the back seat like uh, under a blanket i know like rolled up like rolled up in a tarp or something yeah i was like how is she alive yeah like, like how did she survive that fall and then when they let her out of the car it, when they get to that like house and she just starts running yeah and they're like no no no, let her run <laughs> let her keep running <laughs> and she's like running side to side and then she stops and then she still has like the she still has the thing over her head it reminds me it also really reminds me of the scene in snatch when boris the blade has the thing over his head and he's also mm. handcuffed and running yeah, like aimlessly because they let him out of the trunk. I think because it was dark and he's like trying to get away, and it looks the same. Yeah, same kind of look. It was really funny. Um, I'm trying to think, and then and then um, we get our introduction to Marge. Marge, Marge! thirty minutes, thirty three minutes in. Yeah, I was shocked yeah. that she wasn't in it more. I was like, wow, she's not in it yet. Like when I was um, watching it. And um, just like her coming to that, just like her getting dressed and leaving, and just like her husband, just like saying, you know, um, you know, just like her walking out the door, door and him saying, "Love you, Margie," you know, and know. she's just like, "Love you, hon." Um, You're so cute. <laughs> um, I love that he's like, "You gotta have some eggs." Yeah. She's like, "No, I don't have time. I have to leave." He's like, "No, no, you gotta eat. You gotta have some eggs," and like makes her eggs. So apparently the um, two actors and um, I think her husband came up with a backstory for uh, for Norm, mm-hmm. where Norm um, used to be a police officer as well. And then when they decided to get married, 
they um they uh decided um you know okay well we can both both still be officers so one of us has to leave the force and they decided that March should stay since she was the better cop. And so now all Norm does is stay at home and paint. <laughs> so, That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love that when she leaves the house and then she comes back and then she's like, "Hun," And he's like, yeah. And she's like, Prowler needs a jump. <laughs> <laughs> so he like just gets up and like jumps the car. It's really funny. It must be crazy. I also really like when they roll up to the crime scene. Yeah. And sure. like she rolls up and she's like, okay so like this guy did this and then there's a bigger guy here in a small and she like lays it all out like yeah, she essentially like knows what happened yeah and she, she like hits it all on 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 the head too like mm-hmm. I mean, she, it's really it's, funny it's um it's weird because you know it's um you don't you you don't really associate that kind of you know um you know you know police detective work with people from from you know from minnesota so no because how often do they have crimes like that yeah yeah and it was so true when she was like okay this person does not live in brainerd because i would have known them yeah because this is a small area like no one like it's would it has to be someone who just moved here or is here for like a temporary thing which Mm -hmm. of course that's what it was and i think he was supposed to be supposed to be from new york he sounded like he was buscemi yes he sounded like from from the east like yeah somewhere yeah because at first i was like wait he doesn't have the accent so he's like just in town to pull the kidnapping. Yeah, <laughs> just um, kind of crazy. And then she's like talking to her like coworker uh, Lou, and um, we like get my favorite guy of the entire film when he's when it like cuts to him while she's like at the car of the couple who was killed. Um, after um, a- a- oh, when it rolled over. Yeah, yeah. And um, she, she's, you know, I think she's just basically laying out custom. He's like, oh, yeah. And <laughs> it just sounds like a donkey. Oh, um, yeah. Truly. <laughs> um, it is so exaggerated. Actually, to take it back, I can see why people who are from there are probably like, oh, we don't talk like that. My God. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and Mary on a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. I also love when when uh I think she she talks to Jerry like several times and he's in his dealership and and that's when she's like so I think like I need to know about these cars like are you missing this car on your lot and Jerry's just like yeah uh let me go find out and then she sees his car like take off in the <laughs> in the parking lot and she's like he's a, he's fleeing the interview he's fleeing the interview <laughs> and then she picks up the phone and she's like okay dial out and i was like nine dial nine <laughs> he was dial nine to dial out <laughs> and that's when she calls and she's like oh my god he's has to like he, he we gotta catch him we gotta catch him and then she like rolls up to the house and then she finds like gear like or gear like putting carl in the fucking wood chipper like yeah. the way that she like finds him and the way that he like stares at her for like a really long time before he decides to run yeah he's like hey yeah she's just like um and then she just kind of lays the whole thing out she's like well and he you killed five people he killed two and i'm assuming he's in the wood chipper right now so that means you <laughs> Like, yeah. And then he just starts taking off, and then she finally sh- is able to shoot him. And how does she get him in the back of her car when she's like seven months pregnant? 
I mean, I guess she probably waited until backup came, so... Oh, that's right. Yeah, they did yeah. send cars out when she... Yeah, that's right. She made the call. I was like, how the yeah. fuck did she get him in the back of her car? <laughs> the next time we see him, he's, like, in the back of the car. It's, like, really but, funny. But, I mean, Merge is pretty badass, so... Like, yeah, she is. You know, she like, apparently trained or, like, did a ride-along with a pregnant police officer. Oh, nice. Uh, Frances McDormand, yeah, to, like, learn about how... What, what it's like, you know, what it's like to be pregnant and, like, a police on the on the job not just like at a desk you know like Um, on the actual i heard she was wearing like a sort of a latex like kind of bodysuit that she sort of covered um her uh self with you know that had the stomach and apparently she left the bodysuit in her trailer one day and it like froze completely solid (gasps) and then and then one of the breasts exploded (laughs) so (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> um, I just, I also, I just wrote Jerry at the end in his motel. What a scumbag! Oh, I know. <laughs> Tries to like jump out the window. He's he's just trying to like he's just trying to crawl into a burrow like a rat, you know? And yeah, like what the fuck? I have to say, the scene where Jerry gets apprehended is like really satisfying. Um, it's just, yeah, like, it it's just like finally, it's like the way he's like writhing and grunting, being like, "No, no, no!" <laughs> no. Yeah, it is really good. Yeah. Also, there's that really funny scene with uh, Marge and her like old classmate Mike. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it has nothing to do with the story, but she like goes and meets him, and he's just like, "I really liked you, like a lot." And then he talks about how like he was married to this woman in school, and then they're like, "That's." Then she finds out later on, like that's not true. Yeah. He wasn't married to her. He said that she died and he was like, I have a lot of problems. And then he just was like, kind of lo- like completely unhinged and losing it. And then one of the other townspeople is like, Oh no, he has like lots of like mental problems. And yeah. And he like, no, like that's, yeah, I'm so sorry that you kind of had to deal with that because like, he's really not well. And she's like, yeah, I thought it was kind of weird, but like, you know, <laughs> it's just super strange. And, and of course the two girls in the bar is like probably my favorite scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> of the whole movie, which I think I've seen before. I've seen that scene in the, you know, CNN, the movies channel or like mm-hmm. the show that they have about movies and they did the nineties. And that was one of the ones they talked about, like the script and just the way that that whole scene played out where they didn't tell her anything. Yeah. And then she kind of has to like prod them. Like, so did they say like where they might be going? And they're like, Oh yeah. They said something about the twin cities. Does that help you at all? And she's like, Oh yeah. Oh, oh you betcha. Yeah. Oh you betcha. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it's just really great. The way that whole thing plays out. Yeah. It's just really, it's also really cool too, that in that interview, that same bit with the movies, Francis McDormand was talking about when they get the scripts and even bits of William H. Macy, where he's like stammering in his lines. He said, all of that was written. Like most of everything when they're Coen brothers films is not ad lib. Like you think it is, but everything is written. Yes. And heard the same thing. Yeah, and Frances McDormand said, which is funny now that I know that she's married to to one of the guys, but I didn't know that at the time, but she was like, it's amazing when you actually read their scripts because they're literature. Like, mm-hmm. they have the rhythm, and you kind of know how the characters are just through what they write. Like, they're such incredible writers. Mm-hmm. So, and no wonder she gets the material that yeah. well, too. Yeah, so I didn't even didn't even know that until this movie that she was married to. Yeah. To Joel, <laughs> yeah, so that's really funny. That's cool. Um. 
I also love Marge's speech at the end, or, or not speech, but just like, you know, like, um, Dare's like in, in the back seat, and she's like, you did all this for money, just a little bit of money, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm just like, ooh, bitch got burned. <laughs> like, <laughs> Was it worth it? <laughs> was it worth it for just a little bit of money? That's also what happened in Vanderpump Rules. If anyone out there is watching <laughs> Vanderpump, that's what Ariana says to Tom in the finale, where she's like, "You got a little bit of money and a little band, and you thought you were badass." <laughs> basically, basically, that's what it was. I also love that weird fight with uh, Carl and like the parking attendant at the <laughs> yeah. the long term airport parking, where he's like, "I decided not to park here," and he's like, "But you still owe me four dollars," and he's like, "What?" But I decided not to park here. And he's like, no, well, the guy's like, well, you sold me $4. He's like, you think you're a real point of authority, don't you? With your stupid <laughs> uniform and your stupid this and stupid that. Like, it's just all, it's all just so wacky. And you're just, it's so wacky, but it's actually believable at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Just I like think, the, which is funny. Just like the way Carl like lays into him. He's like, here's your four dollars, you piece of shit, you know. Like, East Coast all the way. Yeah. <laughs> like he definitely is New York, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna or it's just his actual accent. And I think he is from New York uh, in real life, but it's just it just seems very like East Coast like hostility. Yeah. <laughs> most likely. <laughs> also shout out to Hardy's and those curly fries. When she was eating that Hardy's, I was really jealous because mm. we don't have Hardy's anymore, at least not nearby. Maybe we do, but they're not close by. Their curly fries were amazing. Oh, wow, that was good. More places need curly fries. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, just a cutter. We used to have them in, like, like college cafeteria. And, <sighs> um, like, I was just like, you know, I know everyone, like, complained about our meal plan, but I actually kind of loved our cafeteria. I liked ours, too. I, like, mean, I mean, we had a pretty decent one. I mean, I always left, you know you know feeling you know like like comfortable and like you know satisfied like i used I, to get massive burritos ooh, that we had a burrito stand and and like it was new i think one of my like third year maybe and it was like everyone was like holy shit there's a fucking burrito stand <laughs> like <laughs> lost our minds i sort of got into this whole thing for a while when i was when i like um got into this whole thing where i was like okay i need to steal up to six oranges a day from the cafeteria so that I can eat them all at once on my bed later that night. And so it's became this whole like heist where, you know, I'd sort of like go to the cafeteria throughout the day and like just collect them, you know, like, you know, just a couple at a time, you know, and sometimes I'd have to do it all at once. And, you know, I, you know, where'd you put them? Well, I just like, you know, go up and get two. And then I'd like go back to my seat, put them in my bag. It's like, I'm going to get a refill, you know? And, then I'd go up again and just be like, hey, oh, just looking at oranges, just not doing anything weird at all. Just Was look- your vitamin C, like, blood work, like, off the charts? Because you're just eating, like, crazy amounts of oranges? I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what it was, but I, there's just something very satisfying about lying on your bed and eating an orange. <laughs> so. Yeah, the peeling, too. Yeah. Like, the peeling them, yeah, is pretty cool. That's really I, funny. I remember one time I got busted by one of the cafeteria worser, workers, and I kissed at her like a velociraptor and sprinted away so so she didn't grab the oranges she was just she was like please stop stealing sir you're (laughs) like i'm not stealing i pay like fucking 80 grand to go to this goddamn school like i'll steal as many oranges as i want and you're gonna sit nuts you're gonna sit there and love it (laughs) you're gonna love it it's not coming out of your paycheck so calm down yeah 
Yeah. Like it's it'll be okay. It'll be all right. They're oranges. I'm not stealing like a hamburger. Yeah. Did you ever have the meal plan at your school where like you had to pick I think ours was weird. Like when you were freshman you had to pick the biggest one. Like they somehow like made like you had no option. And then when you got like further along you could pick like the bigger one or the smaller one because maybe you had a campus apartment and you didn't need food all the time or whatever. So then towards the end of the year or end of the semester like you couldn't add money to your card like you'd have to pay cash for your food so like by the time but then also your money reset so by the time you would get to like december like finals time like all of the basically most of the girls had like tons of food or money left on their food cards and all the boys like most of my guy friends at the time were like we ran out of our fucking meal plan like two (laughs) weeks ago and they would just like go to ask like any girl on their floor in the dorm like who has a meal plan (laughs) like i need (laughs) some food (laughs) like so after a while we had like a little 7-eleven and like at the end of the year like the last days like you would just buy like all these snacks because you like had to use the money up because you wouldn't get a refund you couldn't even like get a refund or whatever so you just had to use the money up so freshman year was like that's why everyone gains like the freshman 15 they say yeah it's because you have access to like really bad food all night long and you have to eat it because you are on this meal plan or whatever so yeah (laughs) yeah well i I went to college in in the south so the cafeteria closed at like seven (laughs) o'clock really just everything closed early in the south yeah oh why is it like go home to your family what are you doing yep that's it <laughs> so, basically that's what it is yeah <laughs> um or it might not except for waffle house waffle house is 24 hours right yes waffle house and denny's are like both 24 hours any type of diner is probably at least 18 you know open at least yeah. 18 hours a day so um, if, if you don't know Waffle House, you don't know. There needs to be a movie about Waffle House and the things that happen inside them. Oh, gosh. It's just such a magical place. It's a magical place. It's also terrifying. And they have the toughest employees you've ever seen. Yeah. If you want to see like the massive amounts of fights that happen overnight at Waffle Houses, just search Waffle House on TikTok and there'll be some kind of fight. And you'll see these employees like hauling ass. <laughs> they are like superhuman. They know how to, like, hit people with chairs and, like, kick them out when they're, like, drunk and belligerent or, like, won't pay for their food. It's kind of nuts. Wow. That's, that's amazing. There that's needs cool. to be a documentary done on the, the the people who train Waffle House employees, the people who work, the people who go there, regulars. I want a whole show about Waffle House. I want, like, a whole reality docu-series on Waffle House. I yeah. would watch that. <laughs> I would totally watch that. I Do you can... have any other scenes? Um, I could go for some blueberry waffles. Sounds good. Um, but in tr- to answer uh, your other question, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't have any more either. I definitely have to say I am pleasantly surprised by this movie. I'm so glad that it took me forever to watch it because then I got to actually talk about it on a podcast. But I'm glad that I finally did see it. I'm going to watch more Coen Brothers. Raising Arizona is one that maybe we'll do after October because we have to do like spooky stuff. Yeah, so maybe the good. next month. That's, that's like, maybe November. That's like more of an offbeat comedy with like you know, let's it's like some there's there's like some crime there, but it's like you know, it's kidnapping, but it's fun. Nicholas <laughs> so, Cage, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a big Nicholas reason why Cage, I want to Holly Hunter. Oh um, yeah, yeah, it's good. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. I don't know what we are going to be doing next. Well, we we're gonna lay out the October calendar. 
I'm going to do that this week. So I'll, I'll probably let everybody know or less, these people on Patreon. So sign up for the Patreon, but I'll let people know what we're going to do there. But I want to do like Sabrina and the teenage witch. I think we're going to do another Simpsons horror Mm. Uh, Treehouse of Horror. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention there's a Simpsons episode that came out in season 33 that is supposed to be a takeoff of uh, Fargo. Oh, nice. And I haven't seen it yet, but it's called A Serious Flanders and it's a two-part <laughs> episode. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, I'm actually really excited to to watch <laughs> that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so go check that out if you haven't already. Or if you have how let me know how it is because i'm excited to watch it and yeah do you have any uh final thoughts final words um i have to say oprah oprah was right you know <laughs> why haven't you seen this okay we get it oprah it was really good god <laughs> it was really good you're right we're wrong we know everything <laughs> yes. and we're all just peons living on this little planet and thanks for joining us for another episode and we'll see you on the next one bye bye <laughs>